This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is just coming up to 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. Today's the first day, uh, first of our Medeka shows. From now till the 31st, we are going to be interviewing people who are trying to make our country a better place. And we're asking them, what are your hopes for Malaysia? So we're going to be hearing from people who work in mental health, um, people who have businesses that are interested in social issues. But for today, we are starting with North-South Initiative, or NSI, which some of you might recognise as one of the leading advocates for migrant workers and refugee rights. Uh, We have also spoken to them a number of times across the station, but not necessarily exclusively about the work that their organisation or initiative does. Um, Most recently, they were in the news to talk about how the government should legislate the zero recruitment fee to end debt bondage for migrant workers, uh, the quality of life for refugees here, as well as Malaysia's perhaps less than stellar attempts at overcoming human trafficking. So very shortly, we will be speaking with Adrian Pereira, Executive Director of the North-South Initiative. But we'd like to hear from you. Let us know what issues do you think Malaysia needs to work harder on? You can call 77332900, WhatsApp or Send us a voice note at 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bombing frustrated minds. BFM 89.9. It's 5.10. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And it's the first of our Merdeka series where we're going to be talking to various people um, trying to make Malaysia a better place. And so we'd like to hear from you. What issues do you think Malaysia needs to work harder on? You can call 77332900, WhatsApp us or send us a voice note at 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We're kicking things off with an NGO and we're joined by Adrian Pereira, Executive Director of the North-South Initiative. Adrian, thanks for joining us today. Now, you've been a prominent voice in the human rights scene for a long time now. How long have you been working in activism? Thanks for having me. I've been involved in social development from a very young age. Uh, In fact, from the age of seven, I've already been uh, involved in social work in the plantations uh, and also rural and urban poverty in Kota Tinggi. Uh, so from from that time itself, I've managed to see how uh, how the the distribution of wealth uh, failed the the very actors who were contributing to the booming you know plantation industries. And then uh, from from my university days, I continued, and uh, from my working days, I uh, then went into the human rights movement, and now finally run my own NGO. I, I know this is a bit of a generalization, but activism is often you know, not seen as the easiest career or life path to pursue. Could you share what pushed you towards co-founding um, the North-South Initiative and what the organization does? So being an activist or an actor in the field of development is challenging, but I look at it as both a personal calling and also a d- duty to nation building as a global citizen. So uh, even though it's not a very well-established sector or field in Malaysia, but um, I think there's scope for it to, you know, to take off as something which could attract future generations. So um, in 2010, uh, I formed the North-South Initiative. 
And it was actually inspired by my student movement activism in Patani, uh, which is at the, it's a small place, uh, which is in the wrong side of the border uh, of the Thailand-Malaysia border. And uh, we were working on training young people on conflict resolution. Uh, and together we were inspired to form this movement called North-South Initiative. Um, and uh, that then later we expanded to different um, activism. So the, the, the main mission of North-South Initiative is to create a society that prioritizes social justice and for people to take responsibility of our own development plans. Yeah, How do we do that? By various empowerment and participatory processes. So generally in the news, uh, Northside Initiative is often associated with issues about migrant workers, refugee rights, but you actually look at a wide area of human rights issues. Uh, tell us what these are. Yeah, so uh, the progress of uh, our development in Northside Initiative is very organic. So it's not like we pick and choose the, the flavour of the day or according to what activism is popular or not. Uh, what happens is as any community or grassroots comes to us with an issue, we would take it up. So uh, over the years, we have looked at environmental justice issues, um, labor trafficking, uh, the empowerment of indigenous uh, young people. And it's only now that um, that since Malaysia has got into trouble with its uh, supply chain issues, uh, this is where we, we came to... Uh, take on migrant and refugee rights issues. So it, it has been a very organic process and um, we, we have developed a whole network of different issues with and different partnerships. Uh, and that's what North South Initiative is about. NSI has just crossed the 10-year mark. What would you say are some of the organization's biggest achievements in that time? I would say that over the last 10 years, we have managed to build a strong, strong sense of solidarity between the various communities. So, for example, uh, the, the relationship between uh, the migrant and refugee community uh, has strengthened with our Malaysian counterparts. So this includes helping uh, various actors in Malaysia, like the trade unions, the NGOs, the politicians, uh, embassies, investors, businesses, and even government agencies to understand um, the, the community themselves and, and the complexities involved in, in their pursuit of, of justice within the Malaysian framework. So I think that is um, quite, quite uh, an achievement which we are kind of proud of, but there's still a lot of work to do, especially in our forced labour and human trafficking track record. Yeah. So Adrian, what are your hopes for Malaysia and how has that influenced the work you do in this field? So I'm, uh, I've been observing Malaysia for almost, uh, yeah, to say almost 40 years uh, and, uh, and seeing how we have developed um, in comparison with our, our neighbours in ASEAN, in the, in the Asian region and even globally. So uh, some of the disparities that uh, where we are lacking um, and the differences in terms of rights have kind of inspired me to, you know, to, to take on the challenge uh, to help uh, uh, Malaysia come out from uh, what we can say is kind of like a mess. Um, and, you know, if you look at Malaysia's record on the US State Department's TIP report, uh, we are currently on tier three for the second uh, year in a row. 
and there's so many companies on their withhold release order list. So I think that and, you know, seeing with my own eyes the struggle and suffering of the migrant community really inspired me to, to dive deep and intimately into the issue. So I do feel that someday Malaysia can break free of this the shackles of, you know, of oppression and exploitation, um, you know, in this capitalist environment and and change it to into something that is more uh, social justice orientated. Yeah, I, I really believe we can do that. And in turn, especially I think when it comes to the communications that NSI has had with policymakers, with the public, how have those interactions influenced the way that you perceive Malaysia and the world around you? So uh, I was kind of blessed during my university days where I had a lot of exposure to politicians at a young age. So uh, that we would organize as a, as a movement, we would organize um, different forums, you know, and we would invite different politicians from all the parties to, to talk to us, what is their worldview, what is their position on different issues. So that, that, that diversity of ideas and opinions helped me form my own worldview. And of course, uh, I was also part of a larger movement called uh, Pax Romana, which is the Catholic global um, social activist movement, which then you know gave me a chance to interact with global politicians from different parts of the world. So I, I managed to, to form my own, uh, or at least something that is on par with international global standards of rights, and um, and plan my own, uh, or at least help NSI uh, develop plans and programs to help uh, Malaysians, yeah, or Malaysia itself. And this notion of belonging is quite central to the work you do. How do you define what makes someone a part of Malaysia or what makes someone belong in our country? So we, I, I'm in a very specific or peculiar sector which looks at labor rights and migration and there's always the question of borders so we need to look at answer the question of um of belonging in a, in a more progressive manner meaning looking beyond our borders uh, looking at the concept of a country in a globalized sense now people the reality is everyone is on the move mobility is a right uh, and we we cannot just analyze Malaysia from uh, the Malaysian sense itself. We need to look at uh, the different um, uh, businesses that are coming in and out, uh, the, the migration uh, process itself. And, and let's not forget, even Malaysians are migrating out. So we, we need to have a worldview of a, a global citizen and then formulate what does it really mean to be part uh, of Malaysia within the global community. So um, it's no more that, oh, it's only me, Malaysia is mine, uh, let's protect the Malaysian borders. The world doesn't work like that. And if we and if we don't change this worldview, uh, we're going to really be left out uh, in, in many sense of development. And we will be looked upon um, as, you know, one of those failed states who, who doesn't want to follow global standards, you know. We spoke earlier about how this is a challenging area to work in. What keeps you and the team you work with going? How do you overcome pushback and obstacles? So uh, the team that I've 
that I'm currently working with, um, uh, we have developed over uh, a period of 20 years. So they're different uh, full-timers, they're different volunteers who are very clear with clear with our own principles and values. And, and that has given us a strong sense of purpose, looking at reality, looking at the skills we have and, and seeing how everyone is interconnected. So we have broken out from the individualism um, in, in how we analyze Malaysia, how we analyze global realities. And we realized that we cannot work alone. And, and this has influenced and motivated the team. So despite the various obstacles we, we managed to overcome, uh, some examples of the obstacles is, you know, um, uh, basically human rights and and social activism is not seen in a very positive light. Uh, I remember in my early days, people were asking me, oh, um, are you doing this because you failed your SPM, if you've dropped out of university? But I told them, no, this is a very, uh, it's a very complex and challenging field to be in. And there's many, um, there's many expertise and many competencies that you must have in, in order to take on the challenge. So for me, I, I make sure that my team is competent. We are constantly trained and, and up to date with global realities, global tools, analyzing the law and how it works and, and facing them, you know, head on. That's that's how we have managed to, to sustain ourselves over the many years. I'm curious, is activism burnout an issue for yourself and your team? So if you look at the figures, um, they about 6 million migrants and refugee members in Malaysia with many other um, uh, communities flowing in and out of the country. So having a small handful of Malaysian NGOs and, and Malaysians themselves are looking at the issue, the, the maths is just too, uh, too big, you know. So there are times when we, we have to take a break um, in order not to get burned out. But um, I think the, the, the teamwork and support for each other, uh, the support from various uh, other NGOs. In fact, uh, the reason how NSI was able to take off uh, very fast over the last 10 years is because we had so much support from, from our seniors. So for example, uh, friends from Tanaganita, friends from Sabat, Wanita, and even the Bar Council were always there to, you know, to share their knowledge, share their solutions unconditionally. And, and that has helped us become who we are today. And, and of course, avoid that, that burnout when, whenever we are about to burn out. So we, we manage it in a very holistic manner. Yeah. Okay, a key question here. How can the public support the work you do? So I think the, the public has a very important role to play. Uh, actually, we... We, in fact, um, do a lot of roadshows to different universities, uh, to different public forums, um, town hall meetings to, to help the public understand what's going on. And I think what the public can really do is to, to play the role of public defenders. So be our eyes and ears to the different exploitation and abuse that happens and build a competency to, you know, at least intervene at a minimal level uh, where possible and where it's not possible, refer those cases to, 
to us. And, you know, we're not saying you have to become the Avengers or the Justice League, but try to, to step uh, out of your comfort zone and and be there for the exploited communities and and together we can handle them handle these cases together yeah and what message would you like to leave us with this merdeka and malaysia day so malaysia to me generally is still at a very young stage of growth i would say uh, i would use the analogy that you know we are still at a teenage stage and you know, despite you know many years of since independence, but uh, in terms of our worldview understanding, still we are uh, teenagers. So for me, uh, the next few years are crucial for us to decide our identity, you know, and cement our values and principles. So let's ensure that everyone participates actively in nation building, uh, but not as Malaysia, but as global citizens. And hope even, you know, those who have, um, I think those who have migrated away from Malaysia uh, to greener pastures can still play a role uh, and support our transition into the nation that we want to be. So, so this is a very crucial stage. And as North South Initiative, we hope that Malaysians will prioritize social justice where everyone, irregardless of creed, color, diversity, will enjoy uh, a fair share of, of uh, rights, justice, and, and all the privileges that come with life. Adrian, thanks for speaking with us today. That was Adrian Pereira, Executive Director of the North-South Initiative, uh, speaking to us as part of our Medeka series where we ask change makers, really, what their hope is for Malaysia. We'd like to hear from you. What issues do you think Malaysia needs to be working harder on? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp, or send us a voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio, and here's Marvin Gaye with "Mercy, Mercy Me" BFM eighty nine point nine. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my, BFM BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station.